For the Wilbur Irwin has a special. My wife requested uh, that the old Southern witnesses uh, help me do this special. Some and, are not old. And Kim let us know that she wasn't part of the old Southern witnesses. <laughs> Glory land is not so far away And we'll reach it some bad day Heaven's home is now my final goal There to live while ages roll
awesome, awesome job. Excellent. Acts chapter 4 tonight. Speaking on the subject, continuing to be bold. On a continuing journey, um, continuing to be bold. The scripture, if you could just claim one and grab one verse in this chapter that is awesome, that is great, that needs to be marked in your Bible, if not committed to memory, the Bible says neither is, in verse 12, sorry, <laughs> I got ahead of myself, Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And uh, that is that is awesome. And Peter and John and the disciples, they bragged on Jesus and they uh, were bold. And this chapter continues, really, chapter 4. And as we look at this, uh, we're going to need to be bold, continuing to be bold. Matter of fact, the, the way our nation is headed, we have to be bold. Uh, the Promised Land Facebook page and, and my post, uh, which I put both of them up there, uh, challenge people on the National Day of Prayer to be bold, to let let your voice be heard, to pray, to pray standing up, find a place, pull up a lawn chair, pray around a flagpole, anything. I challenge the people Wednesday night. Speaking of Wednesday night, um, if I'd love to have you, I'll try to make it worth your while. Starting a brand new study this next week. Uh, we finished up spiritual darkness. Now we're moving on. Uh, to what it uh, what it means to be a church member and what our expectations are as church members and and looking at that we've got a church covenant back there on the wall back there challenging us to be better church members and that's not scripture back there on the wall but it is scriptural uh, back there on the wall it's a summary of what our duties are as as church members um, I was um, God just kind of laid it on my heart, and I took advantage of it Thursday morning. I said, well, I've got some time. I, we had to wrap up our final seminary day. Uh, matter of fact, Trey and I did a swap of Ruski, and he took my time slot, and we were going to meet uh, meet the president and the dean. I said, well, I've got a little time. And uh, Trey would have went with me, and he was teaching at the seminary. And uh, I said, I'm going to run up to the school. I spoke with each principal at our high school, our middle school, and our elementary school. And I was able to pray with a, a couple of the faculty members and, and different. And I asked each of them. I checked in, got my visitor badge. And even though they give me a lot of freedom, and I'm very thankful for that freedom at our schools. And I walked every hall of Hamburg High School and middle school and elementary school, prayed for each teacher and classroom. Because it, it just, you know, my heart not only goes out to our, 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 our country's changing. Our kids are facing things that they've never really faced before. Uh, homes are broken. Lives are shattered. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I had several people at the high school. I was meeting uh, uh, 
new people, Miss McLean, and uh, she said to pray for her husband Marty. They had had emergency bypass or not bypass stents put in, and and uh, different places over at the middle school, same thing happened. And and uh, I was uh, Miss uh, Angela and uh, Bird. She stopped me. and said, "What are you doing now?" And uh, and I was telling her, and we had prayer and. And different ones. Uh, Miss Lisa Riles, she stopped me. She said, Brother Michael, are you okay? Because <laughs> I was just walking down the hallway, touching each classroom with my head bowed down. And uh, I said, yes, ma'am. I explained to Miss Lisa what I was doing. And uh, then later that day after seminary, I stopped by the courthouse and was up there and praying. And uh, praying for our country and whatnot. And praying for our elected officials. Praying for people like Sam and the judges that are in our judicial system and so on and so forth, lifting them up in prayer. And uh, folks, we need to be bold. Matter of fact, if we're not bold, we're going we're gonna to lose our freedoms. If we're not bold, we're going to lose our ability. That's going to be no more. Not because the administration won't allow it, but because it may become against the law. Not because that we don't have faculty people that are Christians in our school system. Thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for that. But what if we lose that privilege? What if we lose that opportunity? And I just want to go through here beginning with verse 12. And, and I want to ask you the question tonight. Is there anything wrong with being bold? Look at verse 13 and 14. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Now this is the lost world by the way. In verse 13 here. So let me ask you this. Has anybody in Hamburg ever saw you be bold for Jesus? Now you can be bold. My my memo gets bold on a lot of people. She may be in the nursing home now. But she she can get bold on Sears. She can get bold on Walmart. She can get bold on the manager. I I want my senior citizen's discount. She's gotten bold with a lot of people. Now, I'm talking, you can be bold get, trying to get a senior citizen's discount, but you can also be bold for Jesus, okay? And a lot of people, we can be bold all day long, but when it comes to being bold for Jesus, boy, we... Uh, brother, brother Trey, Brother Michael, that's y'all's job. <laughs> Y'all be bold. No, it's all of our jobs. All of us need to be bold for Jesus. And that's a matter of fact, so this was the, the, the people, the council saw that. And per, notice this, perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They just, I mean, they, the, these people, they never even, you know, my granddad never finished school. Finished his ninth grade education as far as he went. Then he went to work as a carpenter, and that's what he did all his life. His whole life, and many of you know people, especially in, in years gone by, that didn't finish their education or something. But it doesn't matter. God uses everybody who will be bold for Him. And these fishermen who who didn't have any formal education said, I will be bold for Jesus. So it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your status in life. It doesn't matter uh, uh, what you have. You can be bold for Jesus, and it says, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Verse 14, and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. And so they had this problem here. The people were all excited about, remember the lame man that got healed in chapter 3. So 
There's nothing wrong with being bold. Be bold for Jesus. Get in trouble for praying somewhere. <laughs> you know, you're just praying too loud, too long, too uh, uh, in a place that we don't do that around here. Well, I'm going to pray. <laughs> Imagine getting in trouble for praying. Verse 16, I call this the charge. And verse 16, saying, uh, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to everybody that dwell in Jerusalem, and we can't deny it. Verse 17, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Uh, this was the charge that happened to them. Was, that's going to be the first step in our country. The first step, well, uh, if we say the Bible says that, let's just pick a sin, that uh, living together is sin. Well, you just don't love people. The Bible says that homosexuality is a sin. Well, you, you're, you must be a homophobic. That's what you are. See, the world, anytime you say, well, this is wrong, or you take a stand for the word, the world will threaten you, label you unjustly, inaccurately, call you names, so on and so forth. It's a, it's an, oh, it's, by the way, it's also this, that if you stand for Jesus and it starts rubbing the right people wrong or the wrong people the wrong way or ever how we want to say that, you will get threatened. You will get threatened. There's churches before that, <clears throat> like, say you live in a... Now, I read this not too long ago. There was a, a neighborhood out in Phoenix, Arizona. And a fellow that lived in this neighborhood said, You know what? I would like to have a Bible study in my home. And he invited some people to his home for a Bible study. The law was called, and he was told he could not do that. In your own home... This is just recently. How were they able to justify it? Zoning laws. Zoning laws. Eh? Can't have more than so many people parked along this street, you know, and so on and so forth. And, and they come up, and this just happened. You, there's a gazillion different ways you can be intimidated by. Uh, a matter of fact, I was uh, <clears throat> at, uh, went to a little old preacher's conference in December, and uh, I said, uh, my preacher friend, Tommy Estes, and he's, I said, this is a nice neighborhood. He said, yep, housing authority. Uh, homeowners Association, that's what they call it, HOA. And Homeowners Association, we got this, we got this, and we got this, and you've got to be careful. Though. And uh, we have a Bible study, and sometimes, get this, sometimes we've got to call a Bible study a birthday party. I remember the first time I read that, it was uh, in a book. Matter of fact, uh, Miss Jan, I was uh, called Tortured for His Faith, the author's name, Harlan Popov, he's a Polish guy, and uh, that's whenever the Germans, excuse me, the Russians, or the Germans, anyway, invaded Poland, it was the Germans, and all my history is running together. Anyway, and the, the Polish Christians, the Germans, and get my history correct, the, they went in there and they made it, of course, they couldn't meet anymore, and get this, the Christians had to secretly meet, and one way they did it was people having multiple birthday parties. You say, well, that's a lion. Well, they were just trying to meet. So, you know, they were, and you know what the Germans did? 
So it was, and it's an amazing story. Great book. It's a short book. It's a little bitty book, probably 110 pages. If you ever want to get it, it's available on Kindle. Uh, if you've got any smart device, great story about persecution and being bold in the face of persecution. Well, anyway, that's the charge given to them versus the reaction to this is us. Now, what's going to happen either uh, the and I know you know this and I'm talking about being bold and it's amazing how God's timing this out. We're in Acts chapter four and right now our Supreme Court is debating on whether you have the right to uh you know, our church may be forced to either say yes to homosexual marriage or against homosexual marriage. And the definition of marriage is up for grabs right now. In our country, the Supreme Court is deciding the future of morality right now, right as I'm speaking. And so, and if the charge is leveled against us of, of taking a stand for what the Bible says, and then this, we're going to have a reaction we're going to have a reaction. And they, they told Peter and John, hush. That's what they said. I know that's country, but they said, hush. Don't you dare speak of Jesus ever again. Notice the reaction. The reaction, verse 19. Whether it be right in the sight of God to hear, to listen unto you more than unto God, judge you. For we cannot but speak. The things we have seen and heard. So they told the government, you can tell us to hush. We're not. <laughs> We're not. And they said the same thing in chapter 5. They said it a different way. Is, is it better to obey God or man? Amen. Which one are you going to obey? Which one are you going to listen to? Is it better to obey God and man? That's in chapter 5. And so they're looking here, and that's the reaction. And let's skip down to verse 29, which is what I call our prayer. And so all this is happening. Matter of fact, he's preaching in these in-between verses. But we get to chapter, excuse me, verse 29. And they say, and this is their prayer. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness... They, which is talking about the whole church, may speak thy word. And so that's, that's, that's the prayer. And that's the prayer that we need to be praying. Lord, I don't know what the Supreme Court's going to decide. And hopefully, I'm just praying that if anything, they'll give it back to the states and let at least each state decide. So we can say, I want to live in Arkansas because I know what Arkansas is going to decide, you know, but I don't know. And what's going to be even worse is what if one of our, we need to be praying right now. What if one of our Supreme Court justices decides to retire in the next two years? Y'all know what that means? Y'all know who appoints that? Yeah, our current president. And you say, well, I'd be talking about all this. They had to deal with their leaders. Their leaders told them to hush. If we don't start praying for our leaders, saved or lost, righteous or wicked, we need to be praying for our leaders. 
and lifting them up in prayer. Praying for them. Praying for the Supreme Court right now. They had to stand against the government and against leaders. And then Paul's brought before governors. Paul's brought before... Do y'all know he was brought before the leader of the world? He ended up before Caesar. Matter of fact, you remember what Agrippa said? Well, we could have let him go, but he appealed unto Caesar. So we got to, he's going up the court system. And so, you know, he, so whether it be Paul or whether it be Jesus or whether it be Peter and John, all of them stood before and were denounced for what they stood for. Well, there's nothing wrong with us saying, I need to pray for our leaders. We need to talk about what's going on in the Bible. I mean, they did. And and get this, what if, what if, now just, this is sidetrack, I'm going to get off of Acts chapter 4 and get a little sidetrack. What if our country just goes, excuse the sound effects, but our country just goes, but what if it just goes, I mean, turns into the most pagan, unchristian, we're no longer a Christian nation, we're not only an unchristian nation, we just turn into an out and out, plain Jane, pagan, uh, narcissistic society. Which means anything that feels good, do it. And it's lawful. We already are making every drug in the world legal. I mean, what? Were there Christians in Babylon? Babylon was an evil, narcissistic, paganistic society. Were there Christians that stood up? You ever heard of somebody called Daniel? You ever heard of somebody called Azariah, Mishael, and Azariah? Have you ever heard? They were called, we know them by their uh, Babylonian name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And guess what? They're, they and they they stood up in a pagan world, in a pagan country, even though they were outnumbered and clearly in the minority. They said, "Remember what the three Hebrew children said, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, whether God saves us or not, we're not bowing down to your statue." I love that Statler Brothers song. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, and they, then they wouldn't burn. <laughs> that's a man. That's an awesome song. We need to replay that on YouTube. And so, I mean, and that's what they did. So, what I'm saying is this: Can you be bold? We're free. Right now, it's free. Right now, you can go to the school and pray. Right now, you can go see the assistant principal over here and pray with him. You can go see our teachers. We have freedom to pray. They were in a country where it was illegal. Where where the local rulers could say, can't do that. They said, well, I don't care if you say, we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) And they were that bold. But how bold are we even with freedom? Even with the freedom we have. So is, again, that question, is it okay to be bold? And then, let me look at verse 32. Oh, man, doing, doing good. Okay. And the multitude of them that believed, were this is the church that was meeting there, were of one heart and one soul, and neither said any of them that, uh, that all of the things which he possessed... Um, was his own, but they had all things in common. In other words, everybody's helping everybody. Everybody's on the same team. I love teamwork. I'm a jock, you know, and I love teamwork. I love to see it happen. And it was, folks, it can happen in a church. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody's helping each other out. Everybody's looking out for one another. Everybody's encouraging one another and lifting each other up. 
And, and I'm so thankful for God blessing our church and adding to our church and people are getting saved and people are joining their church, our church. And I'm thankful for that in our church. And in this one right here, God's got somebody who's going to rise up. Look on down. Look at, look on down to verse 36. And Joseus, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas. He said, and he was just a little old layman here. And it says, uh, having land, sold it, brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Which means this, he said, I'm in. I'm in. And y'all know who Barnabas is. Barnabas was the right hand for, for Paul. He's the one that helped the church. He's the one that uh, helped establish mission works all over. And even after him and uh, Paul split up, he was still preaching, teaching, encouraging. God is going to raise up somebody in our church. I just know it. There's somebody who's going to surrender to preach. There's somebody going to surrender into the ministry. There's somebody who's going to step up and say, I'll be bold. I'll stand for the Lord. I want to do more. I want to go full force. And whether somebody surrenders into the ministry or God, that's what our prayer needs to be. Matter of fact, Jesus said to pray that. Pray ye therefore that there would be more laborers, that God would call more laborers in the harvest because the labor's huge. The work is great. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, what kind of church do we want to be? What kind of boldness do we do we want to have? Is it okay to be bold? It is. It's okay to be bold. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so very much for the blessings that you give to our church. I thank you for the example of your word. There's no other name. There's no other person by which we can be saved. You are the giver of life and strength and grace. And I, I claim that in Your name. And dear Lord, that You would help us to be bold. Help us to, to share our testimony with others. And tell others about your life-changing blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.